The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Hope. Messages of Hope. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another week of Inspiration. Inspiring conversations to help all of us to know in, in our minds what our hearts already know, that this life is not all there is, and that those who have passed are as close as our thoughts and right here in our hearts with us. If I sound a little grainy to you today, it's because I'm coming to you via my telephone instead of the internet. Most of you who follow me around the country know that we're traveling full time and Believe it or not, we're in San Diego. I would have thought I had a good connection, but not the greatest one today. But I do have a fine connection with our guest, and that should lead to a great conversation today. We're going to be talking with Dave Kane. I learned about Dave through a mutual friend named Ben Riggs in Newport, Rhode Island. And Ben had Dave as a guest at his meeting of the International Association of Near-Death Studies. Now, Dave, to my knowledge, hasn't had a near-death experience, but he has a compelling story that he's going to share with you today, especially for those of you who have a child who passed, you will just love the signs of communication from across the veil. Dave is uh, going to give me a run for my money today because he is a radio show, talk show host on his of his own. Dave, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Commander. I stand at attention saluting. Uh, permission to stand at ease, please. At ease, at ease. Carry on. Not too much. I'm afraid to even I've, say that to you because you're a, you're also a stand-up comedian, which everybody. Well, that that's what I was going to say to you. You know, you're talking when you were talking about near-death experiences. I do stand-up. I've died many times on stage. Oh no. So oh, no. so I know the know the experience that experience anyway. Um, oh. And I'm excited to be with you. Well, thank you. Uh, I I like to bring on guests who've written books, and you wrote one that's just wonderful. I enjoyed reading every word of it, 41 Signs of Hope, which is perfect for this show, which is all about hope. So we didn't have you on here for your comedic skills, but certainly they'll help with this topic that could get a little heavy at times. Uh, Boy, life really gets tough. So we're going to take a little bit of a turn here and talk about why we have you on the show. But because the show is all about hope, I want everybody to hang in there because this really does have some high points. 
You're here because of your son, Nick. Why don't you tell us about him? Yeah, our, my son, Nick, was um, was the youngest victim of the Station Nightclub fire in, New, in um, West Warwick, Rhode Island. Uh, it was the fourth largest nightclub fire in the, in the country's history. And Nicky was 18. He was the youngest victim. And uh, beginning the day after the fire, we started to get signs from Nicky to let us know that he was alive and well in, in, in a real sense. And uh, those signs began to pile and pile and pile. And finally, about two years later, I decided, well, I'm going to put this in a book because I could no longer write it off to my grief or my imagination or my desire to keep Nick with me. He was trying to tell me, Dad, I am with you right now and always. And yeah, so he, that's he did a great job. Great job. If I could interrupt really just did. for a minute, just for a minute here, I uh, spent a lot of time in Newport, Rhode Island. That's where I went to Officer Canada School in the Navy. My husband's well familiar with the area, and I believe we were even in the area in 2003 when that fire happened, and it was just shocking. 100 souls crossed that day in such a short amount of time. So I can only imagine the shock for everybody in, in the community. Did Nick go there often, or was that a random? Well, visit? Nick was uh, Nick was an amazing young man. Nick, a um, couple of things. Nick uh, said to us one day, "I think I could play guitar." So you know, like all good parents, we said, "Okay, we'll get your guitar, but you have to promise to take lessons and and to you know to practice." Well, Nick <laughs> took four lessons and <laughs> proceeded to write fifty songs. Oh my goodness! Um, he was a tremendous talent. He was compared on stage to the uh, energy of Mick Jagger. Um, he wrote a play a year before he died called They Walk Among Us. The play is about teenagers who die and come back as angels. Um, Just stop he, there a second, because I don't want you to, I don't want to gloss over that. That was something I was definitely going to make a point about. This is another case of these old souls, which is what we, we talk about. Some people who die young that just they do things so well and so easily and then often leave signs like this. I mean, to to learn a guitar that quickly and then to write a a play before he's 18 years old. And, and, it's, about and it's a tremendous play. Young. It was a tremendous play. And some of the some of the writing, some of his lyrics. I mean, this is a kid who wrote Texaco, who who uh, rhymed. Texaco uh, and uh, and Mexico. Now Texaco wasn't even a country. I mean, a, a company when he, when he was born. Uh, but but he was able to pull this stuff out of the air. Uh, and he's written so many different uh, prose and stories, and it's just been great. And to be able to have them now and look back at them and see the message that he was giving even then uh, it has been astounding for us. That message being that there's far more to this life than what we think there is. Yeah, yeah. You know, without you know, I I do I do my talk, Forty One Signs of Hope, the one that I did for Ben Riggs and and uh, his group, and and um, normally I don't mention this because I try to keep it pretty secular, but but when I do it for churches and and, and the like, I mention that we believe that this is Nikki's way of telling us that that uh, you know God's promise of eternal life is no bull. I'm living it, Dad. Yeah. And so he's let us know that 
that there is something after today and after now and after this moment, and we have to believe in it and be open to it. And the more we are, the more we get signs to reinforce that for us. That's the key point right there, because so many people say to me, my loved one passed and I, I don't get any signs. And, you know, many times that is the case. I haven't gotten signs from my own mother yet. But many well, times that many busy. times that is, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, many, and that's right. But, 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 you know, I don't know if your mother was uh, uh, an exuberant person, uh, a big personality when she was on yeah. you know this side. Uh, you know, my mother is very subdued. My father, I am told, greeted Nikki, came and helped Nikki from the fire. And every medium that we've been to, almost every time Nikki shows up, my dad shows up with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was a big, loud MC, comedian, singer, you know. And so he's a bigger uh, personality. And, and, and I see that happening with a lot of people. But it's us. We're the ones that are not getting it. One of the things that I talk about as an example is there are two women standing in a supermarket and um, one of them has a little girl standing next to her pulling her skirt saying, mommy, 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 mommy. And the woman continues to talk to her friend, telling the friend how much she misses her daughter who has passed. Hmm. And the daughter is standing there saying, mommy, I'm right here. Mom, I'm right here. And what we have to do is to understand that we need to act, you know, act as if he had faith, right? Act as if he believed. Step out and do it. We set a place for Nikki at our table every time. We we add a person to our uh, reservations for dinners every time. Um, We have spoken to ourselves about, um, we order a pizza, and not only do we use Nikki's name, but... In the old days, my wife would say, boy, Nikki used to love this pizza. Well, Nikki still loves this pizza. That's right. That's right. Oh, I love this. And we've had to train ourselves. It isn't easy because, you know, we were brought up as everybody else was brought up. And we talk in past tense about about our loved ones instead of saying Mm -hmm. using the present tense. My wife talks to Nikki out loud no matter where she is. She doesn't worry about somebody saying anything we uh we acknowledge nikki's presence and it helps us because then we start getting more signs or we become more aware of signs we open ourselves up to signs and and we don't push them off we have so many wonderful stories of how nick has tried to get through to us and tried oh, to we're going to go know. through a bunch of them trust me Okay. It's going to be hard. Well, to I'll let you pick down, the ones but... you want because I've got a couple of my favorites. So I'll let you pick well, the ones you you like. So let me tell go you there. one that that you uh, you haven't even heard yet because it happened to me while I was reading your book. Uh, okay. We're riding down the road and I was reading as Ty and I were headed for a hike and we're out traveling around the country. We've been out west for about a month now already and lots of wildlife around. And so there was no reason other than someone putting a thought in his head for him to read aloud a sign along the highway. As I was reading your book, he said, Oh, there's a sign. It says, caution, watch for elk. And I thought, okay, you know, we see, we know we're in elk country and I turned the page and the new chapter title is the elk sign. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, and luckily Ty is used to this kind of thing too because he knows that's how it works and we had a really good laugh and I said I guess Nikki really wants me to read this book and pay attention because he was even reading a sign about elk so what timing is that beautiful yeah it really is it really is something and and then that story is quite interesting um that is one of the first one of the first signs that I got from Nick um, I, uh, you mentioned that I do a, a, a comedy. But you better share I, that particular story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Ahead. Well, well, I, as you know, I, I, I do stand-up comedy, but I, I mainly now I started out in stand-up, but now I do a one man show. I do, do two one man shows. One is called jokes. My Irish father told me. And, uh, the other one is called misgivings and it's an evening with an Irish Catholic priest, Father Patrick Aloysius misgivings. And um, the fire was on a Thursday night, and I was booked to do a misgiving show at a huge event that had something like 250 people coming. I only work for nonprofits, and I was caught between a rock and a hard place because I certainly could have canceled the show. People would have understood it was in Rhode Island. If Uh, I remember correctly, this was just two nights after your son passed. Is that right? Yes. Yes, it was a mm-hmm. Saturday night after the Thursday of the fire. Yes, and um, and 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 uh, in another story, I, I I won't say it now, but in another story, there's a reason that I decided to go and do the show anyway. And I'll I went and that. I was set up. Uh, huh? What? We'll get to that one. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah. So I I set up I set up my show and I have and in the show I do a, a an old spiritual uh, called he. He can turn the tide and calm the angry sea. And I started to just rehearse it for sound. And of course, that morning I was shrieking. I was crying. And I said out loud to Nick, Nick, you've got to help me with this. Now, this is before everything that continued to happen. I mean, it was right two days after the fire. But I said, you've got to help me. And at that moment, a clock on the wall chimed. And my thought was, oh, great. Now I've got a clock that's going to go off while I'm hitting a punchline in the show. And it's going to distract everybody. And I was not in a good mood that morning, as you can imagine. Sure. And I said to to one of the waitresses that was setting up the room, hey, is this thing going to be going off during the show? And she said, what? I said, that clock up there. And she yelled at a guy, Ben. She said, Ben, she said, um, did you hit the chime? And he said, no. Well, the, the clock was not a clock. The Elks have uh, a chime that they ring at 11 o'clock at night to remember Elks who have passed. And in order to ring that bell, you need to press a button. Nobody was near it. And when I asked Nikki to help me, that's when the bell rang. I just So this love was that. Nikki letting me know that he was going to be there. There's no doubt, and I give you so much credit because those of us who have had a child pass or anybody close to us knows that that close to somebody's passing, you can't even think straight. And so why don't you share with everybody why you ha- why you had to do that show? I will. <laughs> I will. I um, First of all, I want to tell you, my mother used to say that shock is a wonderful thing because <laughs> it helps you to, to kind of keep moving, I guess. But in this case, it was far different. Um, as I started to say, Nikki, you know, was a ter- terrific musician and a singer and performer. 
And uh, he was supposed, his band Shrine, S-H-R-Y-N-E, I think he says, uh, they were going to open for the headliner, Great White, on Friday night at the, at the nightclub. Uh, and on Wednesday, I was taking him to his girlfriend's house, giving him a ride. And I found out he wasn't getting much money for the gig. And I was teasing him. I mean, we have four uh, boys in our family. We have one that was a stage director in New York. We have a son that's with the San Francisco Opera. We have another son that's an actor and teaches uh, challenged adults how to act. And we have Nikki. And I was telling him, you know, Nick, it's show business. Got to get your bucks. If you do it for free, they'll let you. And Nick was rolling his eyes. Yeah, Dad, I know. Yeah. And when we got to his girlfriend's house, I said, honey, I didn't mean to pick on you. I don't know. Uh, but I just don't know why you'd sell God's talent so short. And he gave me a hug and a kiss. He said, Dad, because the show must go on. And he got out of the car. So the show must go on with the very last words Nikki spoke to me. So when I was in this situation of realizing I had to make a choice about doing misgivings on that Saturday, I decided I needed to do it because he told me to do it. That's beautiful. But now there's a magical moment with Nikki about that very phrase. With yes. medium Robert Brown, you go ahead and tell Oh, it. yes, Robert Brown. Robert <laughs> Oh boy, Robert Brown was uh, is is an international medium. He lives in England and 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 he's uh, he travels all over the world. And my wife, um, our son uh, Chris, our oldest son Chris, found his book, which is called "We Are Eternal," and he got his mom a copy of the book. This is shortly after the, the fire, and uh, no, it was the year of the fire, and. Um, this book was the only thing that gave her any comfort. My wife's name is Joanne. It was the only thing that gave her any comfort. And one night she was reading the book and um, she was in bed and uh, she got tired. So she took off her glasses and put the book on the floor and put the glasses on top of the book and went to sleep. And the next morning she looked down to make sure she didn't step on her glasses and on the book and the glasses were, was a big white feather. Now, we don't have a down comforter or a down pillows. We believe this, of course, to be angel feathers that we get a lot. And mm -hmm. so she said, that's it. I need to contact Robert Brown. So she wrote a letter to him. His secretary got it about, about a week later. We got a call from her saying that he was coming into New York in the uh, first weekend in October. She gave him She gave us his first appointment availability that weekend. And everything was great. We were very excited about it. My wife was elated. The only trouble is that um, the first weekend in September, I had two heart attacks <laughs> and quadruple bypass surgery. So four weeks later, I'm on Amtrak going to New York. <laughs> wow. And, wow. And, and I, but that wasn't the worst part. The worst part was as we're getting on the train. My wife says to the conductor, can you help us find two seats together? Because he just had open heart surgery. And the conductor says, oh, you had open heart surgery? I had open heart surgery. <laughs> he said, how are you doing? I said, good. He said, no. He said, he said you're eating well? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, you getting exercise? Yeah. He said, have, have you had the depression yet? Oh, great. I said, I said no. She, he said, good. He said, because you've got a lot to live for. And he pointed at my wife. He said, look, you've got a lovely daughter. Oh, oh. 
<laughs> and so uh, you son of a, so uh <laughs> so we went to went to New York and we saw Robert Brown and for an hour he told us stuff not only could could he not know but that we didn't know he told us exactly and where Nikki was standing he told us exactly what he did that he had stopped to help a woman who had panicked and thrown herself on the floor and Nikki tried to help her and three years later a woman that survived the fire came up to me and told me the exact same oh, story uh, and so then at the end of this hour Robert Brown looked at us and said your son wants me to tell you one more thing he wants me to tell you that the show must go on well Ooh, I that hope that killed all us. of you listening <laughs> just got goosebumps because yeah. It was unbelievable. It was the, absolutely the ultimate, the absolutely, uh, no doubt, no way, no how that this was not our boy. Exactly. And, and what I've found in doing readings is that those on the other side, knowing they just have a short time with the medium, they choose a message that has a double meaning. And for me, when I hear that, that's not only evidence and proof that Nikki's still with you, but also saying, hey, Dad, you just got to keep moving forward. No, exactly. So exactly. Beautiful yeah. He, he absolutely. It, it really is. And he's been he's done this every day in every way. It's been unbelievable what he has done uh, to let us know. And and this is why I am, you know, so prodded to write the book and to to do the documentary. Now, have you seen the documentary? I could only find the trailer online. You're going to have to tell us okay, all how well, to find it. Okay, you, well, you can, you can get it on iTunes. You can rent it on iTunes. Ah, uh, and it is and, called and name, 41. Just 41. Yep, not the one about George Bush. This is the other 41. Okay. okay. Yeah, and, and, so, um, and I should tell people quickly about the 41. Oh, don't do um, it quickly. Spend lots of time. Because okay. <laughs> I mean, let me, let me, may I preface this, that you're going to yeah, talk yeah, about sure. number, seeing numbers and signs. And for those of you listening, I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I can be skeptical too. I don't like to just simply attribute everything to signs. But when you hear some of Dave's stories, it won't take many to figure out that Nikki is absolutely using the number 41 to make his presence known. So I'd like you, as you listen to this, think about how your loved one across the veil may be doing the same thing with you. Yeah. Well, well, the the thing was that Nikki had a thing for the number 41. This was his number. We didn't know why we checked with numerologists. His brother, Chris tried to help him out. Nobody knew why, but it was a very important number to him. Well, he'd get in the car with me and he said, Dad, look, it's 241, or he'd see a license plate. Dad, 4141, and we, we never could figure out what it was. When Nikki passed, he was 18 and 23 days, 41. The station nightclub is at latitude 41.41. The fire call box at the station was 4414. And on the cover of the book that I wrote, uh, 41 Signs of Hope is a sketch of Nikki from a videotape we found a year after he passed. And in the videotape, his mom's holding him. He's about four months old. He has a little baseball uniform on, and the number on the cap is 41. And so we realized that this whole 41 thing started years before Nikki passed and started really, I guess, before he was even born. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on that lets us know that our boy had a mission and he's still 
involved in it. I don't recall this from the books, but did you ever figure out why that number, or is that random? Nope. Nope. We nope. We never did. We still haven't. But I think that that's one of the things that we're going to find down the road. Yeah. I think it's another yeah. thing that it'll all come together and we'll go. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. what I like about the book is that you you answer the questions and the skepticism that people may have, like when you told the story about the feather landing on top of the the book that your wife was reading and you immediately let everybody know we don't have a down comforter. We don't have a down pillow. So you have tried yourself to find an explanation for this other than that. It's Mickey just to, you know, so that you're not accused of, of saying, seeing signs everywhere. And you've done a wonderful job. Well, thank you. You know, you said that you're a bit of a skeptic. My father used to say, trust everyone, but always cut the cards, you know, and, and, well, and, yeah, and, and my husband Ty always uh, quotes Ronald Reagan. It says, "Trust but verify." And, right, exactly. And, so and because yeah. I want this to be, I want this to be true. I want it to be real, but I don't want to be sure. delusional. And exactly. what? And and but I don't try to convince people. I do my due diligence for myself. Mm-hmm. But I tell people if I invite you to my home for a Christmas party. And I tell you that the food is in the dining room. If you don't go in the dining room and you don't eat, it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you where it is. That's right. And with these kinds of evidence from across the veil, with this kind of evidence, you, it it speaks for itself. So that's well, it has to. Yeah, it, it has not. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and and everybody, you always come up with, well, maybe it was this, and maybe it was that, and it could have been this. Sure, it could have been anything. The other part about that, by the way, is. Uh, for instance, when somebody, when a light goes out at a certain time, you know, suddenly it just blows out and you say, well, it just mm-hmm. the light blows up. But the point is that it, but it blew out at that moment, not that it exactly. could, and that spirit uses possibly a weakened bulb, a bulb that was about to go and waits for the punchline and then blows it out then. Who knows? But it doesn't delete the, uh, the, the instance it only leaves us with a, a probable cause of how it could have been done by something or spirit, you see. And that's what you what, need to what, stay open to. And what these leave us with is a sense of wonder, and that's what they're designed to do. And when we have that that sense of recognizing that there is a connection, there's something going on here, that also just comes from a knowing. So to deny that is is... Mm, that's just the ego that's afraid of looking foolish. But just imagine the efforts our loved ones are going to across the veil to say, I'm really Oh, my God. Here. They're tap dancing as fast as they can. I mean, they're doing, yes, they're indeed. doing, you know, uh, they're doing Marcel Marceau to everybody. They're playing charades. They're singing yeah, signs. and we are going to go to a break. But when okay. we come back, sorry to cut you off there. When we come back, we're going to be sharing a lot more stories of how your son has showed all of us that there is far more to this life. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. 
When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Wisdom Moment with Eric Butterworth. How much time is enough time? Ever thought about that? How much time is enough time? Time is not a quantity. It cannot really be measured. Oh, you say, but it can. I have a watch, but the watch is synthetic. There's no way to really measure time because time is a depth. It's an allness. You may say, but I only have an hour. I only have a day. And so all you do is admit to yourself and to others that you've encased yourself in a shell. And this time frame will always frustrate your creative flow. And time for you will be a matter of the clock ticking on, but it's only where you are in consciousness. So it's time to slow down, to look up, to get a sense of the eternal. And this basically is the purpose of prayer. To hear more talks from Eric Butterworth, visit truthunity.net. Get your copy of Unity Magazine this month and deepen your spiritual journey. Pastor Nadia Boltz-Weber talks about the need to make a holy shift. Carolyn Mace gets gutsy with God. Justine Willis-Toms dives into new dimensions. And Alberto Violdo shares an excerpt from his new book, Heart of the Shaman. Subscribe for one year and save $5 off the cover price and get the digital edition free. Go to unitymagazine.org and get a free trial issue today. Know Yourself as Divine. Stations of the Cosmic Christ, a new book from Matthew Fox and Bishop Mark Andrus, introduce a spiritual practice designed to help you realize the divine within. Combining prayer and an interpretation of the Stations of the Cross, featuring beautiful imagery, you will be led on a process of transformation. This book will help you discover the most caring, courageous, and compassionate parts of yourself. Get your copy today at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Would you like to experience more peace and joy in your life through A Course in Miracles? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley support you in discovering the powerful life lessons available through this unique spiritual thought system that teaches the way to love and peace is through forgiveness. Join Jennifer every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk, to experience the healing for yourself on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Hi, everybody. If you're just joining us, we've been speaking with Dave Kane. He's the father of Nicholas O'Neill, who was a victim of the fourth largest nightclub fire in the U.S. Some of you may remember that happened in Rhode Island back in 2003. I'll never forget it because I was nearby when it happened. But Nick has done such a great job of letting his dad and his whole family, everybody know that he's around. And we've been talking about the book that Dave wrote about 
all of the signs from Nick, and the book is called 41 Signs of Hope. Nick, uh, Dave, I have to ask you, this is totally off topic, but uh, as we said earlier, you are a performer, a comedian, and a radio talk show host. Your biography on your website is actually quite funny, and you wrote there that your first paying radio job at the now-defunct WKFD in North Kingston lasted for just one day. I have to know why. <laughs> well, actually, it actually uh, lasted for one show. Uh, <laughs> I was a, just a young, just a young kid. I was like eighteen, maybe seventeen or eighteen, and I got a job working at a radio station at night from till you know the the daytime radio stations go a little longer in the summer, so I have a couple hours to fill. So I got a job, and driving down there, uh, I was listening to a New York radio station. A guy called the Mad Daddy. And he said on the air, you're doing it in the shack in the back with the Mad Daddy. And I thought, that's so cool. So I got on the air with my voice that sounded like Shirley Temple. And I said, you're doing it in the shack in the back with Dave Kane. And there was a there was a call from a guy who said he was the owner. I hadn't met him. He said, you're fired. <laughs> so my opening of my career was okay kid somebody's sick you're on go i was on he's okay kid somebody is not that sick you're off <laughs> so that was the end of that well, yeah i feel that your son nick picked up your sense of humor because some of his signs from the other side are are actually quite funny do any of them come to mind as i say that oh god you know nikki is funnier than I ever thought of being. He was naturally funny. He he did impressions of people. It was just unbelievable what he did. I, I I'm I'm right at the second, of course, I can't come up with a with a sign that, that that's funny. Except that he would he does things electronically. Uh yeah. my wife was coming home one day and there was they had a portable radar unit out on one of the main drags and she was right behind a car and that car went by it said twenty five miles an hour she went right behind it and it was 41 uh-huh. <laughs> i mean he, he's doing all kinds of things like that things that you don't well, expect he, he did think something i've never heard of from any spirit and i've connected with thousands of them he messes with your windshield wipers oh it is so funny i uh i had have this van that i use for my equipment when i do shows and uh after nikki passed the the windshield wipers would go off if I was talking to Nick or thinking about him or playing his music, the windshield wipers would go off. And and it was funny because I couldn't stop it because they weren't on. They were going on by themselves. And, and, <laughs> so and, and, far, and right? Right. Yeah, and one day I was picking up some, some uh, props for a show and my change was 41 cents. Now, here's a good example. When I got that 41 cents, I acknowledged it. I said, okay, Nick, I know that's you. Thank you, honey. I appreciate it. 41 cents. It just happened to be 41 cents, right? Coincidence, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. I get in my car and I say, I know that's you. And I start the car and the front windshield wipers are going, <laughs> Nick, it's a beautiful sunny day. Nick, okay, Nick, thank you. I know that's you. Honey, you stop the wipers because people are going to think I'm crazy when my wipers on. In the I pulled into Kentucky Fried Chicken. I get out, I go in when I used to eat there. I go in and I get a sandwich, I come out, I start the car again with with the windshield wipers. And out loud, I say, boy, this kid won't get off my back today. And I t- looked back to back up and my rear windshield wiper went. Oh, my God. 
That's amazing. So, so he does that kind of thing. I'm glad you gave me. That was a good reminder of that. It was just amazing. Yeah. And and so how do you ignore that? How can you say what a coincidence that my real windshield wiper just happened to go on when the, I couldn't again, shut the first ones off? It's the timeliness as well, because you are aware that you're talking to him there and acknowledging another sign. It's like a back and forth conversation, which is, it's just so beautiful. What I love about these examples that you provided is they fall into the category that I call NOEs. You know, we have near-death experiences, NDEs, spiritually transformative experiences, STEs. What Nick gives you are NOEs, and that is no other explanation than that this yes. is your son communicating yes. with you. No doubt, no doubt. And for me, it started with the show must go on. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I believed I believed the other stuff before that, but the show must go on put me right over the edge. Yeah. And then this 41 Signs of Hope book, the number 41, that at first it's like, yeah, 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 it's a bunch of numbers. And then they just pile up and up and you never get tired of them because they're so darn magical. And even the editor of the book made a note. Do you remember? I don't know how long it's been since you've looked at your own book. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Eno was the original publisher of the book. He was the first person. It's it sold out uh, three times now, the book. Um, and um, he edited the whole book and all the stories I gave him and yada, yada. And then when it was done, there were 41 chapters in the book. And now you didn't we, we that? No, not at all. I would, no, I never pay attention to it ever. I, I don't because I don't want to manipulate it. I don't want to feel like I, you know, like I'm making it happen. So I ignored right. it. And and it just happened to be 41 chapters because Nikki wanted to let me know he was with me on this book. Uh, we had another thing that happened. Chris and and Nikki, uh, Chris is the oldest son and Nikki was the youngest is the youngest son. And when I was writing the book, I, I wrote that they were eight years apart and I kept getting a red line on my computer under the word eight. And, and I, I checked the spelling it was eight. Then I changed it to the number eight. It's still underlined. It was, I couldn't figure it out. And I said to Joe, Joe, what, what's wrong with this? I mean, I can't write eight. And she read the line. She said, Oh no. She said they're 10 years apart. <laughs> and I said, Oh, that's right. And I wrote 10 and the red line went away. So Nikki was helping me write the book even then. I love that. Pointing out to you that that eight was an error, that red line being what happens when yes. it's grammatically incorrect yes. or anything's wrong. That's just, I loved that story when I read it. This is Dave Kane. He's the author of 41 Signs of Hope and also the movie, which you can find on iTunes called 41, about the unmistakable signs from your son, Nick. Now, there was one part in here that really got me. It was just tremendous. And I know it will speak to everybody who's listening today about you make the comment that when we leave our friends and family, so many times we take for granted that we'll see them again. I mean, that's the way it was with our Susan who passed. When it's a sudden passing, you just think, wow, life is so short. And I know that our Susan's passing has caused me to to always make sure to end on a high note, to go to sleep with, with a kiss, you know, to, to say I love you every time. We, My husband and I did that before, but I do it with everybody now. And to just realize this could be the last time that we'll see you. Yes, in absolutely. Life, absolutely. You know? We don't know. You know, we have friends who 
we all had friends who suddenly die in a car accident or, 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 you know, they have a heart attack or whatever. And we always say, see you tomorrow, like, oh, yeah, you, you, are you sure? And we need to, to remember that even though they're not let, gone anywhere, uh, we need to embrace them while they're here as well. Exactly. That's yeah. We'll definitely see them again. But tell everybody who's listening about what happened that one day after Nick had passed that you were sitting on the couch wondering if you'd said enough to him about how oh, much love him. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you're reminding me. I'm getting teary here. You're reminding me of stories that I, I, you know, uh, um, it was not long after the fire, and and I for some reason I was just in this rather sad mode, of course, and. And I was thinking to myself, gee, I, I, I hope I told him enough how much I loved him, and I hope he knows uh, how impressed I was with who he was and how, how, what a gift I thought he was to me always. And I was crying, frankly, feeling that I, I just frightened that I hadn't told him enough how much he meant to me. And, and while I was doing that, Joanne came in to me and said, hey, look, she said, look, look what I found in the drawer in the living in the uh, bedroom. Now, she'd been in this drawer a hundred times in the last, I don't know, month. And she said it was just sitting there. And the letter, it was a letter. And the letter was the letter that I had written to, to Nikki the previous Christmas, his last Christmas. And I had written to him all of the things that I was afraid I hadn't told him. It was there in the letter. But he and the got letter that. shows up. Huh? He received what? the letter and read it, right? He received the letter. He got it. He had it. It was. It had been opened. But for some reason, and here we go, right? For some yeah. reason, it was in that drawer as Joanne was looking for something else while I was feeling angst over over worrying about that. Did I get that message across to him? And here is the letter that I had forgotten I had written, and and here it was handed to me. Talk about a wonderful gift. Now, that would be good in itself. Now I'm going to yep. tell you the pile-up one. The pile-up one is Joanne was looking through her her um, things in the kitchen. Chris and his wife, Leah, were living in New York, and Chris was wanted to start doing some of the cooking. And so Joanne was looking for a cookbook for him. And she went into her drawer in the kitchen that she's been in a hundred times. And there on the top was a note and a letter from Nikki about what a great mom she was. And this was the night before Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. And this was a letter that he had written to her that she had. But the key is that all of, both of these things would not have been where we were. We were living in a condo while we were getting ready to move into this house that we're in now. So all of those things would have been in storage because we stored everything in this storage area until we could move into this home. And so yeah. we don't know how those letters would be in the condo with us when they would have been stored away with Joanne's other private things. And you would have remembered bringing them with you. Oh, yes, sure. We would have had them in a special place. We wouldn't have stuck them in a drawer in the kitchen or in the yeah. bedroom. We would have had so them, you is, know. Put, yeah, yeah, this is when people who are listening to this show say, well, I don't understand that. How can that happen? And I understand it because I've had so many experiences of seeing the 
unreality of this reality, that it's actually quite malleable. And every once in a while, the veil's allowed to lift enough. And the, the rule set of this reality is allowed to change so that things like that can happen. A feather can land on the book or a feather can land in the middle of a room and a coin drop down in front of you or a letter at just the mm-hmm. right moment. Well, we are asked so many times in our lives, uh, we're asked in our religions to believe stuff we can't understand. We're asked all the time to, you know, have faith, trust me, you know, I'm going to. And so I don't understand how it works, but I believe it does work. And there is something I don't have answers. I only have experiences and I leave it to others to, to fight about it, how it happens. I don't care how it happens. (laughs) <laughs> Does I, I, I don't care. Yeah. And this is a beautiful thing about listening to other people's stories because hopefully by hearing you today, Dave, those who are listening, will be looking more and will recognize things when they happen. And certainly from what you just said, know that all they need to do if there was something that was not said before someone passed is talk to them because they're still here. It's never too late to say I love you. No, and you can do it right now. Yeah. Right this minute. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what's most important so that we know that. And, and the, the key to this, too, is not only are we being advised that our loved ones are OK, but the other message is when it's our turn, we are going to be OK. We're going to be safe. Yeah. We're yeah. going to be. There's nothing to fear. You know, in Nikki's play. The last, the one of the last lines of the play, Grace, the angel who's trying to help a little boy, says to him, "In the end, everything, and I do mean everything, is going to be just fine." Mm-hmm. And the last line of the play is, "Do not fear to hope." And oh. so we put that on Nikki's headstone. And this is written by a sixteen-year-old teenager. Yes. Two years before yes. his passing. Just phenomenal. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is phenomenal. And and, and it, it it's a funny play and it's it's just terrific and it's and it's what a wonderful gift. And we know that this was Nikki's mission to come and do this and have whatever happened and now this story to get out to help other people believe, to have faith, to have hope and to have comfort. And to know that their loved ones have gone nowhere. They're right with us. Just as you would not leave them, they are not leaving you. They're with you now and always. Absolutely. So I understand there are some more things that weren't in the book, such as electronic voice phenomena, otherwise known as EVP. Yeah, this is really a good one. You'll love this one. Uh, I, I, I don't talk about it too much in the 41 talk because... I'm talking to, you know, a lot of times they're new people. And this is, this one is one of those things that goes, oh, come on, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Electronic voice phenomenon, I'm sure your audience already knows, but this is oh, not, the ability. Not necessarily. <laughs> okay, this is the ability of people who collect the voices of people who have passed. And what they do is they have a recording device and they go into a room and they sit down and they put it on record and they either ask questions of whoever's there or they just leave the tape running and they sit quietly and then they rewind the tape and then play it and people's voices are on the tape. People who have passed. 
Yeah, I've now, heard this before, but I haven't personally experienced it. Well, this is unbelievable stuff. So what happens, What we've had several, do I want to say several? We've had a few of them, uh, where you'll be in a reading with a medium, and after the reading, you'll hear a voice on your tape of the, of the session. Another oh, I've voice. had that happen during readings, but not just okay, that's, that's in the EVP. middle of the room. All right. Okay. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. But well, that's how they collect them when they purposely collect them. But okay. um, and Joanne was with uh, Maureen Hancock, a medium in Massachusetts. Uh, I know and, her. Um, yeah. yeah, you know Maureen, do you? And yeah, and I, she, I was in a workshop with Maureen and Robert Brown, who we talked about earlier. We both. Oh, great. Well, well, together. So Maureen practically channels. Yeah. And she practically channels Nikki. It's unbelievable. And so Joanne was with uh, with Maureen and Maureen said to her, do you ever hear Nikki call you? And she said, well, sometimes I think I do. She said, well, this time he's going to call you and there'll be no mistaking it. And mm-hmm. that day uh, when she got home, Chris, uh, our archivist, he went through the whole tape. And at that point on the tape, right when she says there'll be no mistaking it, you hear a little boy's voice say, mommy. Mm-hmm. And we can match that voice to Nikki's because we have reams of videotape of, of Nikki from from performing, et cetera. But that's not the punchline. Here's the punchline. I got an e- email from a woman. This was written up in a journal of people that collect these EVPs. And a woman contacted me from Southern California. She wrote me a note and she said, Mr. Kane, I think your son is sending me EVPs. <laughs> now, my first response, Suzanne, was nutburger. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Somebody that doesn't know Nick, never knew Nick. All of a sudden, she's getting EVPs, right? I, okay, mm-hmm. fine. So, so like I said, cut the cards. So I, I spoke with her, and she sent us a couple. And they're a little hard to make out because they're almost like shortwave radio transmissions, you know, a little fuzzy. And But we had one that said, Joe's Nick's mom, Joanne, Joe's Nick's mom, which we could make out. Then on a Sunday morning, I get up, I get up before what Joe does. And she had sent me another one and said, please tell me if this is your son. And on that EVP, and I'll be glad to send you it, by the way, on that EVP, it is absolutely Nikki's voice. And he says, mom and dad, this is Nick. Oh, I would love to get a copy of that. I would love to hear it. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. It is unbelievable. Ooh. Yeah. Goosebumps. And no, nobody has, has, I mean, the people who do this all the time are stunned by this. It's one of the most um, unbelievable EVPs they've ever heard to be that clear and to name themselves. They don't and I know that, that so many who are listening are just so envious of these signs. You know, why can't I get those? But we have to be satisfied sometimes just to know that, that it's a... It's a matter of some people are communicators, and Nick was a performer, and Nick was all about being showy. And well, so also, also, if, yeah, yeah, but also, this this is Nikki's job now. You know, all the yeah. mediums have suggested to us that Nikki's job is to help young people who have passed to connect with their parents. Mm-hmm. And because he was a performer and a singer and an actor and a comedian. He his job now is to tell this story, to give me big examples so that mm-hmm. people will get it. And then people exactly. will look for their smaller examples. 
you know, and look they've who they chose. They chose a, he chose a performer like you who's funny, who's engaging, who doesn't mind talking to audiences. So I can see the perfection in that. Well, you know, Joe, my wife said this to me one day. You know, I mean, I've been in broadcasting since I was 14. I've been on stage. I've done movies and television and blah, blah, blah. And, I, you know, I thought I was going to be Ted Baxter. Hello, Mary. Hello, Lou. You know, <laughs> and and my wife, we were talk, walking one day and she said, do you realize that you were all that you've been through in your life? You were being trained to tell this story. Exactly. This is yep. exactly why I did what I did and got a chance to do what I did. And this is why Nick picked us for parents. Mm-hmm. We believe that he picked us. I don't know why he'd pick me, but, you know. Everybody makes mistakes. And and so he <laughs> chose me and Joanne to be the people to tell this story. And that's what we're trying to do. We just want to help people feel better. Well, you can help them feel better by telling the story about getting the theater seat with the plaque on it. Ah, uh, well, yeah, okay. Well, this is, uh, this is really good. Uh, Nikki uh, performed... Uh, at the Stadium Theater in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, he did all kinds of shows. Uh, he, 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 they had a, a group called Encore Performers, and it was all young people. And that, right after Nikki passed, um, the world was devastated. I mean, I, I, when we had his memorial service without promoting it four days after the fire, five days after the fire, there were a thousand people in the church. Mm-hmm. Standing room only, not because of celebrity names, but because of the people that Nikki touched. 1,000 people. It was unbelievable. And so the stadium theater, the people in Encore wanted to do something. And so they decided that they would give us, uh, they sold plaques for people to put on a theater seat to to memorialize people. And so they wanted to give us a plaque with Nikki's name on it on a chair in the stadium theater. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful. We were very pleased and thankful. And then later, we realized that the chair that they picked was in the fourth row, first seat, 41. Yeah. <laughs> 41. Now, they knew nothing about 41, by the way. This this predates our, our talking about 41. It was that far back. We talked about it within our family, but had not done the publicity and and the things that we've done now we had produced the movie or the book or anything so for them to pick that seat out of the 1200 seats in that auditorium is pretty amazing it gets to the point where it's not amazing anymore we just say yep there he goes again yep yep, yep. (laughs) well that's what we do yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. but when you're hearing about it for the first time you go oh my god and we we and we still have oh my gods believe me when i tell you we we have Thank them for goodness. ourselves that just that happen to just make us go on. You know, my wife worried that Nikki. Oh, I mean, uh, how much time do I have? What two minutes? Do I have yeah, about three minutes. I, mm-hmm. All right, I got to tell you this one because oh, this two minutes. One You're right. <laughs> one of my favorites. Okay. Mm-hmm. My wife worried that Nikki suffered in the blaze. She worried that he felt the flames. It drove her crazy. Mm-hmm. Every medium she prayed about it. She was sobbing. Every medium we went to said to us, no pain. That was the phrase, Mm -hmm. no pain. Mm -hmm. When we asked Mm -hmm. them, they said no pain. When we didn't ask, no pain. One day we're tagging a Christmas tree. Nikki liked doing that, so we're tagging a Christmas tree and we leave. And my wife was in that mode, no pain, no pain. 
I, I was trying to tell her, listen, every medium we've been to, no pain. What's the matter with you? He's trying. He doesn't want you crying. He doesn't want you sad. We get in the car. We're going up the hill. And I say to her, what do you want him to do? Put it in writing. And as soon as I said that, a car coming from the other direction had the vanity plate, no pain. Uh, how can you deny it, that? <laughs> it's owned by an anesthesiologist who lived right near the Christmas tree oh. farm. <laughs> oh, so man. He goes out to the Cumberland Farms to get a milk. And as he's coming back, somebody says to me, say, what do you want him to do? Put it in writing. Yeah. Yeah. These these thoughts are put in our mind at just the right time by our loved ones across the veil. Just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, I love, I, 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 it's my favorite story. It, and I'm so glad you had the time to share it. It's, the hour always goes way too quickly. But everybody, I want you to check out Dave Kane's book, 41 Signs of Hope. There are so many more stories. We only got to share a handful of them. But what I love so much, Dave, is your your son's communications show, intel, like you say in your book, intelligent thought, planning, and a clear knowledge of the fact that you're going to notice his signs. Absolutely. No doubt. I thank you so much for today. Thank you. Oh, it's been our pleasure. And so if, if there's anything that all of you take from this, it's just to keep talking to your loved ones, even if you don't get signs. And know that they hear you. Lots of love to everybody. And thank you, Dave. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark, on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.